Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Where are the drones coming from? Where are they being made? Where's the command and control uh, infrastructure? Kill those people. So it's like the, the drone stuff allows people to be half pregnant, right? Kind of dip dip your toe in the water and, and not really commit a lot until somebody on either side goes, all right, we got to end this shit. Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. We've got a special guest today, Matthew Wiz Buckley. Um, you were in the Navy. You were a Top Gun guy. Uh, I don't know if you know. I don't. Did you see that uh, <clears throat> Jared Taylor and his band put out a new version of Danger Zone last week? I did. You I did. I'm actually going. Oh my god, it was awesome. I'm actually going to change the beginning of my podcast because I use one of his songs right now. So I'm going to. I'm going to change the intro to mine uh, to that song. I loved it, man. Wait, well, they're, they're good. You're using one of Jared's songs? I am. Which song is it? I forget. I knew you were going to ask me that, man. I forget <laughs> which song. I, when I first started like two years ago or three years ago, uh, man. Cause we should know. Obviously, we've done I some don't. really goofy shit over the years. I don't know how serious your show is, but like <laughs> some some of the stuff is serious, some of it's not. Um, <clears throat> so. Sure. Yeah. Before we get into all this, because there's a lot to talk about today, <clears throat> uh, give me your background. Where'd you grow up? How did you end up in the military? Yeah, man. Uh, poor Irish, you know, or middle class Irish Catholic kid from uh, I have a brother and three sisters that were born in South Philadelphia. And then my parents hopped on the Atlantic City Expressway and, and moved down to South Jersey, the Jersey Shore. The good one, not the MTV one. Uh, and, and, and me and my little sister were born in South Jersey. So kind of raised... Uh, down there and then um, growing up Irish Catholic altar boy type of kid uh, all boys Catholic high schools thanks mom and dad and uh, you know always taught service above self uh, lived on the beach loved the ocean so always knew I wanted to, to go in uh, into the Navy uh, had some trauma growing up lost a, a sister to a drunk driver when she was 19 and uh you know, kind of changed the arc of my life. So I decided to, to escape to the United States Navy. Uh, was always interested in aviation. So kind of like a Reese's peanut butter cup, you know, oh, aviation, uh, always, always knew I wanted to fly for the Navy. So uh, ended up going down to school uh, down here in Florida, uh, NROTC, and then got commissioned in the Navy, oh man, back in 1991. Wow. <laughs> the end of the Cold War. Yeah, wow. I'm old. <clears throat> um, so... Yeah. The second largest air force in the world is the United States Navy. That's pretty funny. Like whatever, there's a lot of doomsday people <clears throat> that are concerned about um, Russia, although nobody should be taken seriously if they're concerned about Russia being a, a threat to us. Uh, but China is always something yeah. that comes up. It's like, yeah, I mean, right. when, when they have uh, uh, two independent fleets of Gen 5, fighters and bombers then i'll fucking care about china you know what i mean like nobody's doing Correct. a ground invasion anymore of anything so uh what's your Correct. what's your perspective i mean our air superior like that's the one thing <clears throat> i remember uh 
we've done so many shows with Tim Kennedy over the years, but one of them we did back in 2017, he made the point that the modern combat vet doesn't, American combat vet doesn't know what it's like to deploy without air superiority, right? We've always had it. So Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on like the coming conflicts or whatever and how Mm -hmm. we're positioned versus other other, uh, countries? Yeah, well, you know, China's obviously the biggest threat and they steal everything that isn't nailed down. Mm -hmm. And even if it's nailed down, they'll steal it. The, The Joint Strike Fighters, all the stuff uh, for that's been stolen. China just, you know, our ballistic missile submarines, they just copy and paste. Um, so good on them in a sense. So if they're not going to do it on their own, they're just going to steal from us. Um, and who said this, Lenin or, you know, I, I forget my military training. Uh, quantity has a quality of its own, mm. right? Uh, and as you alluded to, Russia ain't, ain't kicking anybody's ass anytime soon, mainly because they're, they, they're just ground down uh, in Ukraine, but there's something to be said for fighting an enemy that just doesn't give a shit about human life, right? They just throw wave after wave at you, kind of like there's a quadrillion Chinamen. Um, so, so that quantity has me concerned. Uh, and as you alluded to, the, the technology is stolen, and they can they can rapidly make uh, anything that we're making uh, and just kind of uh, change it a little bit. So pretty starting to get really concerned about uh, our position, especially with uh, respect to China. Uh, You've probably seen some of the war game results that have, that have leaked over the past couple of years. And, you know, we're losing a carrier. If if we try to defend Taiwan, we're losing a carrier battle group easily, Uh, you know, or a carrier carrying 5,000 Marines and, and sailors, Guam, Okinawa, all those airfields kind of cratered right away. It, it it would be ugly, and I, I forget what the what the computer projections were on on American deaths. So it's ugly, bro. I, I am uh, I, I lie awake at night wondering what the hell's going to happen, and let alone the fact that we can't even hit our recruiting goals. Uh, and if you can't hit the ball over the net, lower the net. So we're, we're we're getting a lot of substandard folks in the military. So China China keeps me awake at night. Russia, eh, not so much. Uh, but the other potential big threat is India. Bro, they they got some serious state of the art fighter aircraft, and and uh, they're 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 coming on pretty strong. So the world's getting to be a really dangerous place, and I think we're kind of lagging. As we we're we're seeing in uh, in Ukraine, what really keeps me up at night is drones. Drone warfare uh, is just it's horrifying, right? And you know you got to hand it to the Houthis; they're, they're running us out of weapons, man. So we have uh, Navy destroyers in the Red Sea shooting down thousand-dollar drones with million-dollar missiles. So this doesn't the math ain't ain't working out. So well, that, that's uh, kind of been the case uh, through the duration of the GY, right? Like we we've we spend a ton of money to fight people that have no money, basically living in caves. Yeah. Yep. I mean that yeah. that doesn't seem like um, <clears throat> that doesn't seem like a very good return on investment, to be honest. Like I, I w- w- yeah, a lot a lot of people have said over the last um, <clears throat> you know twenty twenty five years that instead of doing what we did, plussing up, uh, expanding recruiting, lowering standards for for you know, uh, I guess volume for for quantity. We should have focused exactly. more on special operations and stuff like that to root people out. Um, but I don't mm-hmm. know that <clears throat> I don't know that there is a way to successfully fight 
an insurgency like that, right? Like this has been going mm-hmm. on for decades, um, and it's not going to stop anytime soon. E- even the, the news coming out of Israel recently is like, <clears throat> yeah, we we can we can seriously degrade the military capability of Hamas, but we'll never get rid of them. Mm-hmm. So, what exactly mm-hmm. is the goal? Like that that to me, it seems like focusing only on a military option is probably myopic, right? And it's not going to work. Of course. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the more of the enemy, uh, you know, Secretary of Defense Austin, been a little hot water today, but, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago about Israel, he's like, well, you know, I've, I've warned Israel uh, and, and Charlie Brown, the, the new chairman joint chiefs, they both said, well, you know, we, we keep telling Israel, if you keep killing Hamas, uh, they're going to hate you more. I'm like, huh? <laughs> that's breaking news that the more of your enemy you kill, they're, they're going to hate you more. So uh, it, it's a great point that you know it's not only a military solution uh, right but man when you're coming to hamas hezbollah or, or some of the folks out to the right of israel in, in syria it's it's in their culture right i mean the kids in school there ain't no israel they're they're taught from an early age to hate uh, israel and to wipe them off the planet i mean hell we give money to the pla uh, who gives money to Hamas terrorists who die or martyrs, right? So they get a pension. So it's it's a self licking ice cream cone uh, of of horror, and it's and it's not getting uh, better anytime soon. So I don't know what the answer is, man. But the the drone has really leveled the playing field uh, against our aggressors, right? We're we're zipping around in however much they cost. I don't know, three hundred million dollar F thirty fives, as the Houthis are causing like. Half the world shipping we go around the, the the Horn of Africa, right? And with thousand dollar drones, and here are uh, ships trying to shoot these things down with million dollar missiles. It just something's got to change, and and something's got to change uh, rapidly. I read a report. Uh, this was this was before drones were like they are right now. You can you know drone swarm things. This right. I think it was an admiral, whoever it was. <clears throat> he wrote a report that said drone warfare will make war more likely and more horror, horrible. And here's what he was getting at is, you know, in the old days, you know, when I was going into flight school, there's Jeffrey Zahn, A6BN, shot down, Desert Storm, getting mm-hmm. shit kicked out of him on CNN. So there he is, you know, there's our air crew beating up. There's a British tornado pilot who's all, you know, fucking black and blue from getting beaten. So, of course, the politicians say, you know what? We don't want to whiz shot down. You know, it's a lot of money, blah, blah. Why don't we just start sending drones? Well, at the end of the day, okay, hey, we lost a drone. It got shot down. Okay, send some more. So at the end of the day, if it's drone v. drone, nobody's really getting having any pain inflicted on them. It's, as you know, bro, at the end of the day, it's caveman. Go pick up a rock and you got to smash somebody's skull in. Yeah. So where are the drones coming from? Where are they being made? Where's the command and control uh, infrastructure kill those people so it's like the the drone stuff allows people to be half pregnant right kind of dip dip your toe in the water and and not really commit a lot until somebody on either side goes all right we got to end this shit so it's it's the drone stuff it keeps me awake at night but it's also uh it's not kind of warfare if nobody's getting hurt so to speak Um, yeah but that's only a matter of time right like it's it's uh like imagine everybody had Every country had a robot robot army, like you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. The the only way to win that is to destroy all the other guys. But like in a in a normal fight, <clears throat> and let's take it back to um, 
like melee fights and stuff, uh, a unit gets routed and they fucking retreat, and that's the end of that fucking fight, right? That's not going to happen right. with robots. They're just going to nope. fight until the better end, and then what happens, right? What what happens? What's the enforcement mm -hmm. mechanism to inflict the will of the winner over the loser after Correct. the winners or after the losers, robots or drones or whatever are gone, right? That, that like, the carnage begins after that. Correct. That's exactly right. <laughs> you nailed it. Yep. Yeah, there's it, 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 until you hit where the drones are coming from or they're made or where they're, yeah, they're commanded from, it, it's everybody's kind of half pregnant. So uh, it was a great report, man, because I'm like, wow, it actually makes more war likely because it's initially at the beginning, it's more antiseptic. It's a bunch of people sitting in air conditioned rooms. I had a buddy years ago, uh, he was a drone, he got furloughed after 9 11, went into the air, Navy guy went into the Air Force. Went and visited him in Vegas because he was a drone guy mm. out, you know, flying a drone on the other. He's like, we went to the, what was it, Crazy Horse, whatever it was, man. We're at, the, we're at a local folk dancing establishment. He's mm. like, dude, about an hour ago, I just smoked a cave full of guys. Yeah. Saw them literally, saw them disintegrate. And now here I am getting a lap dance. It's just, he's like, it doesn't, I, I don't know what's going on. So warfare is certainly rapidly changing and, and it ain't for the better. Yeah, warfare can change for the better, you know. Yeah, I'm glad we're talking. We talked about that because it kind of leads into some of the other stuff I wanted to discuss, which is um, the broader culture, societal decay that we're experiencing right now, and the the severe disconnect between effort and outcome that we now have. Right? Um, <clears throat> it's like imagine the attitude of a of a wild like a bobcat versus a house cat. The expectation of mm -hmm. sustenance and shelter and all this stuff without the expectation of um, having to work for it and effort like mm -hmm. the in the animal kingdom i don't know that we've seen it well i guess we have seen it actually in uh humanity in the animal kingdom you'll see <clears throat> and we've seen this with the transition over the past couple thousand years from dire wolves into dogs right and all the different species mm -hmm. of dogs um, correct they and, and it's not just dogs, by the way. It's cats, all kinds of other animals, uh, pigs. The <clears throat> the more domesticated they come, and this is just how nature works, the more domesticated they come, their features become softer. They become less aggressive and less violent and less capable of doing violence as well. Not just not just less prone right. to violence, but also less capable of doing violence. And I, look mm -hmm. at, <clears throat> I look at humanity, and the average 21-year-old male in America right now has the same testosterone level that a 65 year old had in 2000 right so we like the 77 percent of the male population in the united states is not qualified for military service physically Correct. so three quarters of our fucking population can't serve um Correct. so this is we we have become a nation of house cats and we're fighting people who survive on less than two dollars a day and mm -hmm. and believe in something enough to die for it right yep. this is incompatible well, I, these these two groups are like the only reason we are even competitive right now is because of our wealth that's the only reason mm -hmm. yep and technology and as we just alluded to you know we got a 100 million dollar f-35 zipping around that can essentially have the same impact as some drones that they bought at uh, radio shack uh i think you know one of the things we have to uh really worry about right now with today's military is the fact that a generation raised to hate themselves and their country will never defend it 
period. That's just not going to happen. Uh, kids today are taught to hate who they are, hate who their body is, especially if they're a certain color being white mm. or, uh, you know, and hate this country. We're a bunch of colonia- colonies or whatever that word is. But yeah, so I- I'm, I'm terrified of what's going to come. I got two boys. Uh, my oldest graduated from Norwich University up in Vermont. He was in the Corps of Cadets, once wanted to go in, and um, I'm doing my best to dissuade him. My, my middle son, Jack, is going to Colorado. Uh, he's in NROTC right now, and I think he's, he's about to punt. Um, I just read an op-ed the other day in the Wall Street Journal about an Army helo dude in Erbil on Christmas Day, drone strike, a fra- it took some fragments in the neck, and now he hasn't woken up. He's like a vegetable. So what are we waiting for in the Middle East? We're waiting for somebody to die? I don't want to be a parent sitting here having my sons be bullet sponges or, or drone sponges. So I, I don't know too many veterans, man, and I know a ton of veterans who are telling their kids to go into the military. The number one, as you know, the number one recruitment source for the United States military Legacy, for yeah. generations has been you and I. Yeah, That's a great deal, and it's awesome. Hell, man. And I see, obviously, uh, you know, with my foundation and stuff, I see how veterans are treating it. You know, once they're the military does a great job of turning us into into humans that can do some pretty horrible things to another human being. And then when they're done with us, they do a pretty shitty job of transitioning us back to being a human. Right. Uh, you know, here's a couple of days of how to write a resume and wear a coat and tie. And, and let me turn you back on civilization. So, man, we got I could not be. You know, I'm uh, I'm a trader, so I'd say bearish. I cannot be more bearish on uh, the world right now and what's going on uh, in the United States. Yeah, I mean, it's it's odd that we see the only um, the only option seems to be uh, seems to involve military, like international military force of some sort um, in the Middle East, especially. It's like. There are other options, like shut down what Trump did, for example, the the racist Muslim ban or whatever the fuck it was. Like, no, I mean, like the, these are these countries have, uh, including Saudi Arabia, by the way, we shouldn't let one motherfucker from that country into our country. Um, Eighty-two, I think, or eighty-three percent of the primary education facilities there are madrasas, which is death to America. The same shit from. Uh, yeah. pal- quote unquote yeah. Palestine, which is yeah, debt to Israel, debt to the U.S. Yeah. Yep. It's like this is pervasive. Lebanon, Syria, pretty much mm-hmm. every non-rich Muslim country, and then a lot of the wealthy people in the rich countries, correct, are on that tip. It's like <clears throat> mm-hmm. we we need to shit or go after pot. I think right, either a full-blown military assault, like take down the Ottoman mm-hmm. Empire again and fucking put that Correct. shit under rule or yeah. ban them from coming here. That there, there's, those are the only two options, I think. And I don't think there's anything... There, there's no fucking... There's nothing to be gained by trying to take over the world. I don't think that's a good sure. idea. So I, I wonder what you're... Like I, <clears throat> I have this conversation with people that come on all the time, um, mm-hmm. veterans especially, who have kids. It's like, I ask them, would you tell your kid to join because i fucking wouldn't there's no way um no 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 because we don't even have no, man. E- even through the gwat we never had a clearly defined goal nobody could have nobody ever articulated what success looked like in iraq or afghanistan and now Correct. now it's just like we're back to the 90s right with clinton where we're just kind of bombing here and bombing there and yeah. stirring shit up 
and just making more enemies for no fuck with no plan to ever address that issue. You know, it's funny, bro. I, I remember, you know, like I said, I was a mid nineties guy in the Navy too, flying operation Southern watch, no fly missions. And I remember Clinton, I forget what Saddam did, but Clinton's like, Oh man, I, I have to do something. Right. And I remember it was a cruise missile strike in the middle of the night and Nancy Pelosi and all these other Democrats were like, well, it, it shows that he's a, a compassionate. I'm like, do you know who you killed at the third air defense headquarters at night? You killed the janitors, man. You killed the night crew in these buildings that were empty. Mm. If you wanted to do something, it would have been at noon when they were outside taking a smoke break. So when people bring up Clinton, I'm like, OK, yeah. so. Well, that, that it was that, comical. Those airstrikes were because of uh, Saddam gassing the Kurds. That's why we did that. So he gassed the Kurds and we killed a bunch of poor people. In exactly. Exactly. Like, and made the them hate us even more. Right. So you, you brought up 9-11 or, or you brought up Saudi Arabia. Let's go back to 9-11. I've never understood this. Uh, so my first and last day at work at American Airlines was the morning of 9-11, man. I was packing for my trip. My wife came in. She's like, you better come out and look at the TV. You know, airplane hit the World Trade Center. I'm like, I'm busy, woman. Probably small airplane, bad weather. And went out there, saw the big smoking hole, clear, clear day in New York City, saw the second plane hit. And I raced out to Naval Air Station Fort Worth, where, where I was flying Hornets for the reserves. Uh, I bring that up because 15, 15 out of 19 hijackers were Saudi Arabian citizens. If 15 Americans hijacked airliners and crashed them into the into Mecca or, or whatever, <clears throat> they would have declared war on the United States. Yeah, they but not, they wouldn't have declared war on Canada, though, right? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> we declared war on Iraq? I mean, a year and Correct. a half later, but whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I never understood that. Yeah. But well, you, you, you talk know, about the G... Go ahead, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say you talk about the GWAT. Mm. We have got to talk about... The first of all, the generals and admirals who essentially committed perjury for 20 years. They sat at green tables with a glass of water and said, what? Everything's great in Afghanistan. We just need more weapons and more money. Or, wait, things are really shitty now. I need a surge. There is a revolving door between the Pentagon and the defense contractors. You see a four-star tell us one thing, uh, and his buddies who are at Raytheon are like, hey, dude, once you retire – I got you a, a, a nice cushy VP of product development over here. I, I can't believe it isn't law or anything that if you're a general officer and you're and you retire, you cannot work in the defense industry. Eisenhower was right, man. One of our only generals in our history to actually win a war. The guy saw what was coming. He saw it when he became president. He's like, uh oh, all these companies that had to spool up to make Jeeps, <laughs> aircraft carriers and airplanes. They don't want to go away anytime soon, do they? So now we're going to start creating new boogeymen. Uh, the North Korea and, uh, and Vietnam, if we don't intervene there, it's going to be the domino theory, and they're going to you know, take over the rest of the world. It was all bullshit. Uh, I forget the Marine General's name, or not, Smedley Butler, I mm, think it is. This yeah. Marine General said, war is a racket. Yeah, It is all about, the, if I ever went to Congress or Senate or President, I'd, I'd, I'd drag in McChrystal. I'd drag in Petraeus. I'd, dr I'd, I'd repeat all their words to him. And, you know, it, I, Kabul fell in in a weekend. 
these generals told us the whole time, like, no, nah, the, the Afghan National Army is great, and they'll step up, and they, they drop <laughs> guns like cheese-eating surrender monkeys, and, you know, oh, this uniform? Let me go put my Nike shirt back on uh, with LeBron on it, and, hey, I'm a, I love the Taliban. So we, we have to address uh, what's going on in this country with the Pentagon and the defense industry. That war is good for business. I saw, I thought it was a joke, man. I thought it was like the Babylon Bee. I saw a Raytheon ad that that talked about how eco-friendly their, their brand new missile was. I'm like, or how green it was. I'm like, oh my God. So on the other end of this missile is hair, teeth, and eyeballs, but at least we did it in a clean, environmentally friendly way. I mean, you just can't, you can't make uh, any of this stuff on anybody from the rank of colonel or navy captain below in Afghanistan knew that thing was going to end in a weekend. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, they they had been uh, by May of 2021, the Taliban had taken over 40 percent of the country already because we had been yeah. like kind of passively withdrawing with certain areas, and then mm-hmm. a couple of months later, we pull Bagram and then pull uh, Kaya. And everybody's like, I can't believe it fell so fast. What happens? Like, well, I mean, and then the other part of that is what exactly did we expect from the Afghan soldiers who had no support right. after that? Like, just die. Just right. just just let them kill you, because why not? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's yeah. the there. <clears throat> nobody gave a fuck. Right. Like, I think honestly, I think the long term goal for the military industrial complex is, is to get involved in some other micro stuff over the next couple of fucking decades and some, and some R and D and then get back into Afghanistan and Iraq at some point, probably. I mean, it's, it it reminds me, it reminds me of the uh, pharmaceutical industry where there's, and, and American politics, there's an old saying that's um, solved problems. Don't get out the vote. Right. If you if you ah, solve people's yeah, problems, yeah. you don't have anything to hold over them anymore. If you cure Correct. people, you don't have anybody to treat anymore. And if you solve mm-hmm. geopol- geopolitical problems, then the military industrial complex can't make money anymore. And oh, yeah. it's just the same old shit. Like it seems crazy and new to us, but every aristocracy in the history of human beings, no matter right. how well intentioned in the beginning, has become an engine to extract labor and wealth from the population. That's it. it's it's inevitable and that's where conservatism came from it's like well we want to keep this go we don't want somalia so let's have a government and keep it as small as possible diffuse centralized power down to the local level and then that's our way of government we haven't done that for 150 years yeah this 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 behemoth of a federal government is just completely uh, out of control i mean reagan was right he he jokingly said what you know the most dangerous words you're ever going to hear i'm from the government and i'm here to help you uh, it, it, we do not work for us anymore. It is definitely that, that, uh, equation is flipped. We work, uh, to support the, the federal government. It's, it's a horror, man. Yeah. And it's the, you know, I hear a lot of, um, uh, you know, I guess hyperbole, a lot of people talking about civil war and shit that aren't in any way prepared for any type of conflict, much less a civil war. Right. Um, and, you know, the, there's no there's no geographical boundaries anymore that would define one side or the other. It doesn't work that way anymore. So mm-hmm. any kind of 
situation like that would would inevitably be a cross insurgency, right? So th- there's oh my god, yeah, there's no fucking way to even fight that. So I don't know what people are talking about, to be honest. No, um, I think people are voting with their feet, right? You know, I thank mm-hmm. God I live in the great state of Florida, man. Especially during COVID, we freaked out for about two weeks, like everybody did in America, and then we're like, you know what, fuck it, you want to die or freak, you stay at home and wear your face diaper. So being down here in Florida is fantastic. So mm-hmm. Texas, Florida. Kind of, kind of the rally points right yeah. now, man. You can have the Northeast, you can have the left coast. Uh, it, it's over with. Yeah. And and not only are they voting just because of policies, but also the economics, man. I mean, these states just hammering businesses and or talking about reparations or all sorts of stuff like this, man. Get find your get to a good state, folks, before it's before it's too yeah. late. Well, the only way that certainly you want to get to a place. Uh, and this is just like day one stuff. Find a defensible position. If you feel like conflict is coming, no matter what it is, if you're walking down the street and you see a guy moving towards you aggressively, get ready to fight. What are you going to do? You know right. what I mean? If you yeah. see somebody that looks suspicious and you've got your family with you, get your family and get the fuck out. Right. The, the, Correct. This is the, it works from the very micro level all the way to the macro level. If you see these things happening. Mm-hmm. Do your best to get into a defensible position, right? A place right. where people think and and feel like you do, um, mm-hmm. at least on the most important stuff. <clears throat> Correct. And that's if, you know, civil strife and conflict happen, which they have since 2020. It's been, you know, off and on. People are back standing in the middle of highways and setting buildings on fire again now because of Israel and fucking Hamas. I don't give a fuck about that situation at all, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, I don't want any innocent people to get killed. That's all I care about that. Like that, that th- neither one of those countries is my country. I don't care. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't give a fuck about that. But <clears throat> the, uh, from my perspective, the only way to take back or get back to the, um, I guess the way that this country was founded, like the idea of America, which is to say individual liberty, and personal entrepreneurship mm-hmm. or the ultimate inoculation to tyrannical bullshit is for people, uh, for enough individuals to take personal responsibility for the the world around them instead of mm-hmm. relying on somebody else. I mean, it's the premise of this show. You can bitch and moan about your rights and wait around for somebody to secure them for you and you're going to be a subject under their rule. Or you yeah. can fucking secure them yourself by performing the responsibilities required of you and that's what makes you a citizen. Those are, That is your Correct. only choice now. It is literally your yep. only choice. If you want to see... And I tell people this in their personal life as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's a, like a big disconnect between men and women and the values or the value of each one of those people and how they project those values to the other gender and, and pair mm-hmm. bonding based on that and stuff like that and how society revolves around that. Um, yep. <clears throat> and it's like I see a lot of these sigma males black pill dudes who are like oh women are useless now so i'm not even gonna try it's like well oh you're, a, you're, a, you're a fucking bitch first of all you're, you're wow. like you're a quitter but um the the advice i give them is like <clears throat> you articulate even just to yourself the kind of outcome you want and then articulate the kind of man you need to be to achieve that goal and you go and Correct. be that man right even if at mm-hmm. first it doesn't feel right or you're you're forcing it or whatever the fuck. If you do it enough, you'll become that kind of man, right? That's how that right. works. It's practice. It's just like a fucking muscle. So that's your only option down to the individual level. And that's what makes mm-hmm. societies great. It's uh, GK Chesterton said, I, I've, I've quoted this on the show probably a thousand times now. He said that uh, men didn't love Rome because she was great. Rome was great because the men loved her. 
You know what I mean? Mm. It's like it is. Yep. It is it's your, exactly right. It is your responsibility to make sure this country is great, and it starts at your home, you know, and in your daily mm -hmm. life, and in your preparation mm -hmm. for all that stuff. This episode is brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash drink it bros ghostbed. It's the best bed in the world. It's the most comfortable sheets, pillows, the whole thing. I've got them all, man. And you know, they wanted to extend their best possible offer to drink it bros. They've been with us for a very long time. So this is the email they sent us. We want drink it bros to get the best offer. So I updated the code for 50% site wide. That's five zero percent. Site-wide, use the code Drinking Bros, Drinking Bros with no G, for fifty percent off site-wide. Everything that you buy on this site is going to be fifty percent off. Again, they get the best pillows, sheets, mattresses. They get the mattress protector. Uh, if you're if you're sloppy and spill things and you don't want to jack up your mattress, they have pretty much everything you need. They've got weighted blankets now. They've got the adjustable base, which we really like. I've got one in my home. So go to ghostbed.com forward slash drink it bros. Use the code drink it bros for 50% off site wide. And don't forget about their page go plan. If you're with approved credit, you're going to be able to pay this thing off over the course of three to five years for 25 to 35 bucks a month. It's nothing. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drink it bros today and use the code drink it bros for 50% off. This episode is also brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. Dot com the best coffee in the world as a matter of fact they won both the gold and bronze medal at the golden bean awards this year for their exclusive coffee club entries in the elite category so the best coffee on earth literally was circus bear by black rifle one of their ecs so i recommend that you go sign up for the black rifle coffee club use the code citizen you're going to get those points off and uh you know you get all the benefits from being in the coffee club you get the free shipping you get access to all the partner deals uh, uh you get access to the exclusive coffee club you get access to any new products that come out before anybody else does you know it's a very large club that they have over there and the coffees are premium every single one of them is good uh you, you're going to get experience for you you can do just the plain coffee club and if you want your two bags of, of uh, espresso or your two bags of silence or smooth or whatever it is you drink you can get those two bags or one bag or whatever you want every month or and or rather you can use the ecs the exclusive coffee club and get access to some of the most premium coffees on the planet and kind of learn what it is that you like you know what i mean so then you can order those premium coffees from black rifle as well so and we all know they got the best branding the best merch and their buddies you know we're all friends here uh, we love Black Rifle. So go to BlackRifleCoffee.com, sign up for the coffee club, or buy something. Do whatever you want. Um, use the code CITIZEN. You're going to get those points off. Dude, I, you nailed it. I think one of the – I'll never forget this because I was at Ground Zero, not 9-11, but Ground Zero, the financial crisis. I was helped run a volatility arbitrage firm in the Board of Trade in Chicago. And I'll never forget when all the, quote, smart money, when the kid hit the fan, man, what happened? They ran to the government. These capitalists, these the smartest guys in the room, ran to D.C. and said, please bail us out. Now, at the time, uh, I said, what are you doing? That's not capitalism. Things need to be able to fail, mm -hmm. right? But this was around the, the beginning of Obama with the everybody gets a trophy, yeah. right? Nobody, you know, there, there isn't any first, second, third place. It's all, uh, all one trophy. And I'll, I'll never forget 
when the Occupy Wall Street stuff started happening. Initially, I was like, what a bunch of fucking hippie freaks, man. And then I'm like, wait, they got a point. Why? And it, the same thing happened with COVID. We saw all these people getting these massive bailouts. And I'm like, I got buddies who own restaurants in Fort Lauderdale that went out of business. I'm like, why? How are you bailing out financial companies? So, you know, and who picks the winners and lo- losers? Last year, Silicon Valley Bank failed, right? Out in, stay with me, Silicon Valley. Bunch of limousine liberals. Every bank you go into, what's it say on the front door? FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, insures deposits uh, under 250 grand in this bank. Meaning, if you got over 250 grand in here, you know it's there's some risk. That bank failed. What did Janet Yellen and this administration do? They went in and bailed everybody. Why? It's Silicon Valley, and they're all limousine liberal uh, voters. So. Our society, to your point, has really flipped. We are looking up to government to, quote, take care of us, man. What happened with the, with the hurricane once its name in New Orleans? People yeah. like waiting to be rescued or whatever. I'm like, are you people insane? Uh, you know, 911, if you're dialing 911, uh, needing a cop, they're minutes away, man, when you, you probably needed to act on your own. So I'm glad you, you said those the two biggest words are personal responsibility. Uh, as you know, former military guys, we get that. One of the funniest things I had to deal with transitioning from a fighter squadron to a Wall Street firm was the lack of accountability. Right? I, in the in the military, what do we call it? A spa. Hmm. Single point of accountability. There's somebody in charge. Somebody with 51 percent of the vote. I remember there was a we, we had a problem getting some some quotes from the Philadelphia Exchange to our traders. Lost a couple million bucks. And the, and the partners were like, hey, Wiz, go. What's that thing you call them? Like, it's a debrief. They're like, oh, yeah, go debrief with our tech directors and figure out what happened. So I get in a room after the market closes. There's some Ukrainians, some Chinese guys, these like eight tech directors. I'm like, OK, who's in charge of getting quotes from the Philex to our floor? Crickets. I'm like, maybe they don't understand English. So I said it again. I'm like, who's in ch- who out of you is in charge of getting quotes from the Philex to our traders? science and finally one dude's like well i kind of do this and then he does that and she does that and i'm like stop talking what the fuck i'm like whose throat am i going to choke or back am i going to pat if something fails or succeeds and they looked at me man like that was the the strangest thing they had ever heard so whether it's in business or in life if you first of all you need to be your own worst critic man As a fighter, you know, uh, I, I got to fly with the Blue Angels one time, but they do the same thing we do. We get back from a mission. You and I would, if you and I went out and did a dogfight, we get into a room, we'd take the name tags off, the rank off, and we are fucking brutal with each other, right? If, if somebody was a fly on the wall looking at us, they're like, oh, my God, those two hate each other. We don't. We know you are capable of doing better. And if you fucked up on this mission, you're going to hear about it. But before I point that out to you, at least in the aviation side, you get a chance to go around the room. As soon as I got into that room, I'd unzip my flight suit a little bit and go, hey, man, here's what I know. I fucked up on this mission. Mm. A, B, C, D. <clears throat> what do you got for me? So you're allowed to self-identify first. So it's funny when I try and teach that concept of debriefing to business firms are like, oh, my God, how's that? I'm like, hey, man, if you're the leader. You get into the debriefing room and you lead with you first. And it was so hard to have these corporate people like, oh, I can't admit that I was wrong. I'm like, well, you see, that's part of the problem because your entire team knows that you screwed up and you're not going to admit it. 
So that I, that was a long rant. But what I'm getting at is the personal accountability. In the military, we had single points of accountability. And in the business world, they have multiple points of accountability, you know, at least on the Navy side. And I use this example all the time. If the commanding officer of an aircraft carrier is sleeping on the treadmill or eating with some sailors and the ship runs aground, gets fired. Mm. The commanding officer and people are like, well, that's not fair. I'm like, no, no, no. As the admiral firing the skipper, I'd be like, you should have spent last time sleeping or on the treadmill or eating with your sailors and training people to drive the boat. You're gone. So people are like, wow. So that culture of accountability is so lacking in this country. Yeah. Everybody else is to blame. And it starts from me. the very lowest level, too. It's like uh, you say be your own worst critic and people will take that in a negative way. But it's not. It's a very positive thing, actually. And it's it's to make yeah. sure that you're operating at as high level as possible. Right. Be firm. Um, and then in the same vein, I think, <clears throat> you know, with regard to, you know, all the nonsense that's going on these days, you should be deeply suspicious of anything that seems right or obvious to you um, because confirmation bias is so strong. And it's only getting Correct. stronger now because there's so much noise and mm -hmm. miss or disinformation these days. It's just easier to say, well, no, that's not right. My view is right. Pri whether it's pride of authorship or that's the way it's always been done or whatever. <clears throat> it, it's hard to explain that to people that haven't been in legit life or death situations. Like there's no room Correct. for conjecture here. Like we need the fucking facts. So facts. when, yeah. when, when something's wrong, it's like who you, Correct. all of you get bonuses and all of you have job descriptions, this act that did not get accomplished, whose bullet is that? Who is it on your job Correct. description? Is it on your resume? Is it on your bonus review? <laughs> right. Because if it's mm -hmm. you, then you are responsible for that. And then the two people uh, above you are also responsible for that because they didn't do their fucking jobs. Correct. Dude, they, they, I'm glad you used the word facts. I'm going to delete that and replace it with truth. Mm. There's only one. And who was that? What's her name? Oh, the Claudine Gay lady from Harvard. No. This was awesome. When she fell on her sword, of course, too late, she's like, I failed in explaining my truth. And the Wall Street Journal had a great article like, uh there ain't no my truth. There's only truth. Hell, the 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 uh, the motto of Harvard is veritas, yeah. truth. So I think a lot of people are running around this country nowadays with this is my truth. I'm like, dude, that ain't the truth. <laughs> Everybody's running around with a different version of the truth, and that's and that's where the you get a lot of the the, the conflict coming in. The other thing, man, is this. To your point, people live in echo chambers. Thank God. For Elon Musk owning X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it, I think I lost three or four Twitter accounts and a couple Facebook accounts during the COVID fiasco, man. I just got clipped and clipped and clipped. And guess who ended up being right about everything I had posted? So these people live in these echo chambers where they just surround themselves. It, it, it's a self-licking ice cream cone, man. They just they they sit with their own narrative. You and I are smart enough to go... If everybody's thinking alike, somebody ain't thinking. Mm. Uh, you, you've done this with what you've done in the military, and we do this on the aviation side too. Is a red team. Oh yeah. If I'm planning, if I'm planning to go drop some bombs, if you and I were planning together, and we got done in a couple hours of planning, we'd look at each other and go, "Dude, we're freaking brilliant. Let's go blow people up." And we'd go, "Wait, stop." We'd go get a couple squadron mates 
who have SA as to what we're doing, but they weren't in our planning. Yeah. I'd bring them in. I'd sit them down and I go, fellas, here's what I'm doing. What do you got for me? And they go and they rip it to shreds. Did you think about this? Did you think? And they become the enemy. If you don't red team your plan before you execute it, who's going to do it for you? Yeah. The fucking enemy. I mean, that's one of the most like if you're, do it. If, if you're a guy that's operating, if you're if you're a combat person, uh, <clears throat> pilot, mission planner, uh, operator, infantry person, um, and you're looking to start a new career, a consultancy is a good idea for you because most people don't know how to do that. Most people don't know. <clears throat> most people don't know how to dispassionately look at a plan and a set of circumstances and say mm-hmm. and just pick it apart. And, and you know, I mean, and look, you're going to have to learn some communication skills. You can't just call everybody an asshole and knife hand them and shit, right? In the corporate <laughs> world. But having that ability yeah. to fucking carve stuff up, because we, we do it, I mean, even in, even in the imagery, we, we do it relatively politely. We'll call dudes assholes and stuff, but it's like we, we, have, yeah, yeah, yeah. we have a format that makes sense, that reinforces good habits, Correct. which is uh, sustain, improve, sustain, right? So it's like, here are some things we did well. Here's some stuff we fucked up that we need to improve on, but here's some stuff that we Correct. did well as well, right? So you yeah. you you cushion it. Not cushion's not the right word because you're not trying to to hide it in anything, <clears throat> but you make mm-hmm. sure that you focus on the positive stuff. Like this is the standard. The positive stuff you did was yeah. right. Bring everything else Correct. up to that level, right? That's the point. Mm-hmm. And you got to do yeah, that we, in your uh, fucking personal life too. You know what I mean? How you do anything Correct. is how you do everything. If you're if you're walking by that same that same pile of laundry every day or that same shit on the ground outside of your house, just walking past it and choosing to ignore it all the time. Then when you go out mm-hmm. into the world, you're going to ch- choose to ignore those people that need help. You're going to choose to ignore those windows that are broken. And that's what leads to societal decay. That, that you got personal it, responsibility of just picking up that fucking piece of garbage will make the difference. I, I, I have a saying, you know, along with debriefing, talking to the business world, red teaming, you would have thought I was uh, I was the greatest thing since sliced bread. But I have I have a term that I tell people: if you're going to throw a knife, make sure you have a note attached to it. So you don't just you know red team to to because you're that you, you you're that asshole. It's I'm throwing this at you, but there's a there's a note attached to it, right? And it is about making somebody better. Uh, you know, one of the things we said about the debrief in a fighter squadron is it ain't personal; it's professional. Right. I'm, I'm, we're trying to make each other better. Those blue angels, they'd rip each other to shreds and then door opens up and they're all best friends again. Right. Because you have to. If I don't trust you, how can I trust you with my life, let alone, you know, stuff in general? Yeah. Um, and it, it, it goes to the little things like you just alluded to walking by stuff or anything like that. My kids know if they're not 15 minutes early uh, to somewhere, they're late. One of the, the toughest things I had to do when I went to that firm in Chicago, I'm like, Hey man, we have a meeting at nine o'clock in the in the boardroom. At nine o'clock, the door was locked, and and the partners were like, "Hey, what's going on?" I'm like, "Hey man, at zero nine hundred, I start talking, right?" In a fighter squadron, if you weren't sitting in that seat at least fifteen minutes early, what can I trust you to put a bomb through a window plus or minus two seconds if you can't make it to the brief on time? So it's the little things. That's why, you know, the Blue Angels or fighter pilots will debrief the minutia. Because if you can't get the minutia right, you ain't going to get the bigger mm-hmm. stuff right. Yeah, aim small and miss small. It's like uh, you have to be able to trust these people on your right and left, not just to do their job, but to be realistic about their capabilities and, and improve those capabilities. Con- and, and Improve and maintain constantly. It's like that movie, The Other Agreed. Guys. 
That movie, mm-hmm. the other guys where The Rock and Sam Jackson jump off the fucking building and try think they're going to land in the bushes. That's ob- yep. that's hyperbole. It's obviously you know a comedy and stuff, but it plays in real life too. Somebody that's like, oh, I'll fucking, I'm a gamer. I'll be there on game day. Don't worry about me. It's like, no, you won't. You definitely yeah. won't. <laughs> It's nonsense. Well, we we had a saying, you know, up at Top Gun, there there's a saying: you fight like you train, and you train like you fight. Mm. So yeah, if if you ain't putting it in right now, you ain't going to do it when the chips are down. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if we've ever had a Top Gun person on on definitely not on this show, but I don't know if we had one on Drinker Bros either before. Um, what's it like? Way to lower your average, man. Yeah. <laughs> what's it like there? I mean, uh, you know, obviously. It's 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 not as much Tom Cruise as anybody would like, but um, oh god, no, 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 no. unfortunately, I mean, the, you know. yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I you know, I I don't even like saying that I flew quote combat sorties over Iraq because they were without a doubt the most boring flying I've done in my career. The the toughest flying I did was up at Top Gun, and it makes sense, right? Because if if we go anywhere in the world and we suck or we're surprised. We failed, mm. right? So, we, you know, we call it going to the mountain. When you go to Fallon, Nevada, beautiful garden spot, right? So they, they booted Top Gun out of San Diego after the tail hook fiasco and <laughs> sent us up to the middle of the desert. Um, Top Gun's tough. It's a, I went through the adversary course. So I was the bad guy. I was a bad guy mm. uh, because we need to present the good guys with bad guy profile. So I had to know, not only did I have to know everything about the F-18 Hornet, I had to know everything about a MiG-29 or an SU-37, all the missile ranges. We had to know all of our threat, uh, you know, how they uh, do their air-to-air work. And it was, it's pretty intense. And on the ground, uh, you know, some alphabet agencies in our government go and acquire, quote unquote, all of the enemy's radar systems. So when we do a strike going into Fallon, you know, there's a big airfield there with you know, the planes on there and tanks and, you know, a live weapons range, you're going to see on your displays, if you're getting lit up by, a, you know, an SA-6 or, or whatever, it's the legit, no kidding stuff. Mm. Uh, they even have like Smoky Sam's, you know, you look down and you know, there's there's bottle rockets coming up on you. So it is, it's pretty intense. Uh, but yeah, there ain't no fly by the tower and any, any of that. <laughs> you, you'd be gone. They, you know, they, they pull your wings uh that that's just it, it was awful i mean oh. uh, my good buddy uh brian ferguson was the technical advisor the navy sent him orders for two years to paramount studios and uh the the story was without a doubt the dumbest thing that i've ever seen the only reason i give it you know two and a half stars is because they actually flew right so all, they, they threw all those actors in the back of hornets and they you know them passing out is them passing out so uh, at least they they did that and 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 got it pretty realistic. But I thought it was kind of funny that current uh, I guess currently Top Gun sucks so bad that you got to call a sixty year old out of retirement to come. In. Yeah, <laughs> so our current right. crop of <clears throat> our current crop of Top Gun graduates uh, suck. Yeah, yeah, like they're a, all sensitive a new si- age pilots. A sixty year old that wears high heels has got better reaction time than uh, a thirty year old right <laughs> that's fresh out of well. That might actually be true, man, based on everything you and I are talking about, unfortunately. It's, it's yeah, I mean, he's we're, Tom Cruise is probably on all the gas, right? Cuz he looks like he's fucking 40 still. He is. Um he he puts in the work too, man. Yeah. So And those know, are good. But, uh, those those movies are good recruitment tools. I mean, I don't know how many Navy SEALs are Navy SEALs because of fucking Charlie Sheen, to be honest. Correct. And that movie yep. was kind of retarded too, frankly. I mean, Oh, that was a 
watching good looking back on that yeah 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 yeah, um, yeah. i mean i or like a new some crop of, you know some of the stuff made sense like going to the golf course getting your car impounded and then stealing it back from the impound that that would happen for sure <laughs> but the mission prep and stuff was yeah. dumb as hell and there's yeah. no like the, yeah, yeah. the idea that there's some i don't know like a uh, cowboy hot shot on a fucking dev guru team that's oh like, my that, god these are the most professional motherfucker tier one operators are the most professional people in the world they don't get their ego doesn't get correct. people killed ever so whatever no. anyways it was still no, a good no, recruiting no. tool though correct yeah 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 well and you know lone survivor obviously with marcus or you know american uh sniper and all that type of stuff that didn't didn't hurt back back when we'd show patriotic movies man um but yeah the same thing in a fighter squadron people are like you know the the maverick attitude i'm like dude they'd be gone mm. they, you know we have hfbs human factors boards where they sit there and they go through each pilot yeah. and they talk about it like it's a soap opera and if there's anything going on you're done yeah. they'll clip you or, or or they'll put you on a ground job so yeah. it, you're right it's good for recruitment that's why the navy bends over backwards to help with this stuff um i don't mind telling people what it's really like instead of just the movie yeah well <clears throat> you know it is what it is like it's hollywood so don't take it too seriously say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill Exactly. Um, so yeah, you're it's a uh, business. When you got when you got out of the Navy, um, worked in finance for a long time. You're still working in finance to some degree, right? Yeah, I teach people how to trade. I have a, a company called Top Gun Options. I, I do a live trade brief every day. People log in and watch me kind of manage my own positions and stuff like that. Sweet. Uh, yeah, but, it's fun. And the way that we got hooked up, although we've we float in the same circles, but the way we got hooked up was through uh, your foundation. Tell me about that. Yeah, so uh, the the No Fallen Heroes Foundation, you know, and uh, like we ta I alluded to, I had some kind of a crappy childhood, took that stuff into the military, right? Uh, took that trauma into the military, and when I was flying fighters for 15 years, I lost 16, 16 guys. Not one combat loss. Uh, mechanical, weather, stupidity, more stupidity, more weather, more mechanical, just 16 16 bros, man, gone. Uh, and along the way, I lost three F-18 buddies uh, due to suicide, including uh, one of my groomsmen, Eric Swenson, Swede, uh, beautiful wife, five kids, gone. Um, so I said, you know, around 2020, I said, I, I got to I gotta do something. I mean, 22, back then it was 22 a day. We know that number's more or less a lie, according to the University of Alabama and Duke University, who say it's closer to 44, because Uncle Sam was only counting violent deaths former staff sergeant sits in a parking lot of the va blows his head off violent death but you you know as well as i do a lot of guys drink themselves to death and gals or drugs mm. so when those two universities dug into the numbers they're like no 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 man so that that really that sucked i didn't know what i was going to do i started you know big marketing department uh, top gun fighter foundation i'm like i'll call it top gun fighter foundation to do something i don't know what do you do to stop veteran suicide resumes buy suits i didn't fucking know what i was going to do so right around that time uh an operator as he alluded to you know reached out to me he's like hey man there's 
there's a group of there's a group of guys, SEALs and and other special forces guys that go down to Mexico and they do psychedelic assisted <clears throat> therapy. And they have a they have a pretty cool group going in a couple of weeks. Would you be up for it? And I looked at him and I said, Man, going to Mexico to do drugs with Navy SEALs, sign me the fuck up, man. That sounds like a that sounds like a fun week. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing, man. No idea what I was in for. So went to San Diego, met Marcus Luttrell, met JT, mm. uh, uh, an NFL player who was uh, suffering from horrific CTE. And then uh, also another veteran Navy SEAL who was good buddies with Marcus. And we drove an hour south to the Mission Within. And and uh, I'll, I'll give you the cliff notes, man. It was without a doubt the most uh, spiritual and transformative experience of my life. Uh, I just, I'd say... 20 to 30 years of healing uh, in a weekend. It was just, it, it, it was incredible. I got to experience my my father who had passed away, my sister. I just healed uh, everything uh, that more or less was was wrong with my life. And it was, it was, it, it, it just, I learned an SAT word after I got back, ineffable, right? You can't, you can't put into words. So I, I can't even explain more or less what happened, but I, I got back from that, and I said, done, this is how I'm going to help end veteran suicide. So it's changed the name from cheesy Top Gun Fighter Foundation to the No Fallen Heroes Foundation because you're a hero to somebody, man. First of all, you should be a hero to yourself, but you're a hero to somebody. My dad was my hero. You know, everybody's a hero, man, even though we will never call ourselves that. But I guarantee you, uh, you are. Um, and I and I wanted to open up the tent a little bit because there was foundations like, hey, we're SEALs only or Hey, we're, we're only combat vets. I'm like, Hey man, I wasn't, I didn't see horrible shit, but I have a lot of trauma. Yeah. So we opened up the doors to, to vets, first responders as well, because a lot of guys or gals, they take off that uniform and they don't take off the traumas. And then they go put on a state uniform or a local uniform and, you know, as a cop or, or a first responder or something like that. So veterans, first responders, and then obviously their families, man. You know, ninety nine point nine percent of of my beautiful bride's trauma is is whiz induced. Um, so we, you know, we provide healing grants to those groups to uh, to heal their trauma. So we were going to Costa Rica, uh, we were going to Mexico, and I am proud to report uh, that we hit one of my biggest mission objectives, which was to heal our heroes at home. Man, sneaking off to Costa Rica and Mexico to heal trauma that you incurred serving this country made me. Curious, curious. We did our first healing retreat in the end of October in the great state of Colorado. Because in Oregon and Colorado, these these healing medicines are legal uh, at the state level. Uh, so we did some some great work, man. One of the first responders we helped in Colorado was one of the first guys in the door at the Columbine massacre. Mm-hmm. He uh, he was in the library. He just he could not have been. He just looked like shit, man, carrying the weight of the world on him. And then we had an army uh, medevac pilot uh, who also just a shitload of trauma. And man, seeing them pull up to this place, this retreat center, uh, the ranch, Friday morning, and then leaving, you know, Monday afternoon, completely different human beings. It's just incredible. Yeah. Um, so that's that's my main focus right now is is putting the ladder down to help. And the, this ain't for everybody, man. I I think twice. In my life, I tried to do a forward flip as a kid in, in into the pool, and I always landed on my back. And you can ask JT. He's got a funny story about this. On the 5-MEO DMT, I flipped in the bed. 
it was an exorcism. It was, I exploded into love, light, energy, and I flipped. I don't remember flipping, but I remember waking up and facing, I was facing the Pacific when I went into the medicine. And when I got out, I was facing the wall. Um, so these medicines aren't for everybody, right? I, I like to say that, you know, a lot of, a lot of veterans, pretty radical, radical trauma. Mm. These are potentially radical healing, but you can heal anyway, man. You can fucking yoga, breath work, meditation, climb to the mountain uh, in, in Mount Everest. Uh, so there are so many ways to heal. This was my way to heal. Sure. And I, I'll be the first one to tell you, uh, I was a drinker. Mm. And I don't know if you can be a good drinker. I was a, I was a drinker. A little bit of drug use too. Man, for six, eight months after I got home, looking at alcohol or even smelling it made me made me gag. It made me physically sick. Um, now I can have a you know glass of wine with my steak type of thing, but old me, a glass of wine with my steak was a bottle of cab and maybe two to keep it going. Um, so it was a complete system uh, reset for me, and it gave me my life back. Um, and it was, you know, it was interesting because I got home. Uh, and you know, my bride's like, who are you? <laughs> oh my God. And so there was a little tension, right? Cause as I alluded to, you know, 99.9% .9 of my wife's trauma is me induced. And I'm like, Hey man, I'm forgiven. Everything's great. Get up. Let's go. Let's, let's have a great time the rest of our lives. And she was kind of like, well, well, yay for you, man. Yeah. So what about me? So she went down, uh, about two or three months after I did. Uh, with a couple Navy SEAL wives, I think a Gold Star wife or some Ranger wives, and and she sat with the medicine. And and we've never been a uh, a better couple. I've never been a better human being or father uh, or husband. So it, it it really did save and change my life. So my mission objective is to try and help as many people uh, who this calls to. Doesn't call to you, it ain't calling to you. If it is, it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, the <clears throat> I guess the hippies had it right, sort of. Right. He did. Uh, they just didn't have a purpose. You know what I mean? Correct. If, if that psychedelic wave in the 60s and 70s had been married with purpose, I think we would be living in a much different world than we do right now, to be honest. I'll tell you, man, old whiz, I would have swam across the Atlantic by now to kill as many Hamas and, and, uh, and Russian soldiers as I could get my hands on. New whiz, what are we doing? Stop. Stop fucking yeah. killing each other, man. Yeah. You know, on the medicines, I saw nothing but souls, like white and white, mm. killing each other. I'm like, what the fuck? Are you insane? God, you know, whatever word you want to use, God, truth, source, divine, put us on this place to fucking love and, and enjoy and, and be happy. And it, it so it can be a little heavy, the medicine work, man. To I got home. You know, the first 30 days, they call it the pink cloud phase. Like, my wife's like, dude, what are you doing in the yard looking at a tree? I'm like, look at the fucking tree, man. It's yeah. the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. The the next, the second month home was a little tough. I'm like, look at that homeless guy, man. That guy's me. That mm. literally could be me. Or why is there a war? Why the hell is, why is there a war in the Middle East or in Ukraine? So it was a little tough, too, you know, doing the medicine. Because it, it just, it kind of breaks things down. And, I, and I've been telling people, these medicines have the, the potential to turn warriors into peacemakers, mm. hence why they might still be illegal in the United States, you know? Yeah, so sure. that, that, that's a whole separate discussion, man. Is yeah. Well, and, and when they initially did the knee-jerk reaction in the late 60s and 70s, it was like, wait a minute, you took this medicine and you don't want to go 
to Asia and kill North Vietnamese, uh, it's, you're, you're anti-American or subversive. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, um, but it, it's been incredibly rewarding, man. If, if I'm not on a retreat, I'll, I, I'll get a text or phone call Wiz, I don't want to kill myself anymore. So it's just, I could not be more happy to, to be doing what I'm doing. And I, I, there's a chart right now, man. There's a chart of the United States and the world going straight down yeah. into a nosedive. And here's the rise of people trying to heal and, and use some of the stuff that God put on this planet. So hopefully, you know, this, this chart can, can intercept uh, the downward spiral. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I mean, the last thing that a, for, a war complex machine wants is warriors with perspective, right? Um, <laughs> Correct. They want robots. They're going to say no, right? And that—that's like one of the one of the good things about having an all volunteer army is that you have to continuously prove the merit of your cause to get people to sign mm-hmm. up. Correct. Um, <clears throat> yep. With regard to plant stuff, um, we have a severe hardware and software issue with not just vets, but a lot of people, right? Um, Mm. And for the most part, everything the military's done or the VA or or most foundations has addressed one or the other, even traditional therapy. um, While they use SSRIs and shit, we now know that those are more or less useless, if not harmful, right? Um, And so they at least were trying to solve both issues, but the... It's a it's a wide array of things these days, like hormone issues and traumatic brain injury and activated amygdala issues and things like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all compound like whatever you've got going on psychologically, those three things plus a lack of sleep. It doesn't matter how much therapy you do. You're going to be fucked for the rest of your life right. if you don't solve. Well, and nutrition and exercise, too, man. People mm-hmm. are eating crap. Yeah. We're obese and people don't know what the inside of a gym looks like, man. It's it's all it's all a downward spiral. So, yeah. So it, it wasn't until relatively recently with uh, your organization, with vets, a couple of other Mark Marcus Capone and a couple of other organizations mm-hmm. where um, people started to have the option of, of doing both. And I still I still think we've got some ways to go. I've been trying to pressure people in the D.O.D., uh, the past couple years to have a mandatory hormone test for everybody in the military, every male. At mm. least. I don't know. I don't know how it's affecting females, but every, every, mm-hmm. every adult male in the military needs to have their testosterone checked like imme- yeah. immediately. And if they're, if Great they're, idea. if they're low, they need to be brought up to the correct level, seven to 800, somewhere in that range. If you're 25 years old, mm-hmm. <sighs> cruising around with a fucking 300, uh, uh, test level, you're going to be miserable as fuck. Correct. It's just the way it is. It's it's almost like when you have some kind of mechanical issue in your brain, everything's going well in your life, but you're still depressed. Those people are more prone to suicide than people in abject poverty, right? Because they yep. don't understand why the fuck stuff sucks. Everything's going well. Why does it suck? I, I, I guess it's Correct. just always going to be like this. There's nothing I can do. Boom. Right? Correct. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we have to solve this hardware issue. Plant stuff does it a lot, like better. I, the Stellan Ganglion block will get you. It'll put some distance between you and that issue for some time, but six months maybe, mm-hmm. right? Depends on how fast you metabolize the product. Um, Correct. Until you start getting energy back into the dead parts of your brain, if you have CTE or traumatic brain injury, and, and until you start uh, remapping neural pathways from the amygdala to the prefrontal cortex and back, 
then you mm-hmm. are, then no amount of therapy you do, no circumstance improvement in your life is going to fucking fix what's wrong with you. You have to fix the hardware first. Otherwise, none of this other shit is going to matter. So you know, what I want to see are more of these, because these men's health clinics are popping up all over the place. What I want to see is an integrated plant medicine men's health thing, right, where peptides mm-hmm. and testosterone are used to bring people back to the physiological level they're supposed to be at as to function as normal human beings and then use mm-hmm. the plants to deal with the brain specifically. Right. And to be Great honest, idea. to be after that with improvements in nutrition and exercise after that, I'm not sure how much therapy is even going to be necessary to be honest. Like the, the beautiful, Bullseye. the beautiful thing about DMT specifically. And I, I try to like people will say, well, what's it like? And you can explain like the kaleidoscope and the, the feeling of uh, 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 just being completely out of control and all this bullshit. But really what DMT does is it forces you to ask and answer questions that you've been avoiding, right? You will mm. ask yourself, like, it, whatever topic is on your mind will pop up and you will work your way through that problem. And it yep. is working your way through that problem is almost a metaphor for swimming upstream so you can get back on the shore, right? It mm. kind of, that That's basically how it works. Mm-hmm. <sighs> if you're physiologically tuned up and healthy and shit and you use this stuff your brain will fucking take care of itself in my opinion Correct. now some the the odd person may need some additional talk therapy to learn coping skills and, and personality mm-hmm. management and learn how and but again a lot of the stuff you can still do yourself just find ways to challenge yourself and delay gratification and that stuff also kind of takes care of itself it all comes back to you doing the work though agreed so the I'm, yeah, hoping, the, I'm hoping something like that materializes. I like it, man. The integrated approach. And if, if you don't integrate, uh, it was just an experience, right? Uh, Doc Martin down at the Mission Within gave me a ratio. He's like, with. Because so I'm like, I'm healed. Everything's great. He's like, dude, 5% is the medicine. 95% is the integration. Mm. You go home and you go back into your bad habits and everything like that. It was just an experience. And it could actually be bad because you kind of saw what could have been or what it's supposed to be. And now you're not making it happen and you're going to self-destruct. So you're right, man. It, it's it's the, it, well, <laughs> like live, laugh, love. Mm. Mind, body, and soul, man. If these three three things ain't great, I don't care if you're the most jack guy in the world. If every, If your mind and soul ain't right, who cares about your body? Yeah. It is, it's mind, body, and soul, man. And if, if they're not in alignment, you're, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Well, look, this has been a great conversation. I got to get out of here today. Uh, but you bet. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find your programs if they need assistance with that, whether it's the, the finance stuff or the, uh, the, uh, uh, plan yeah, man, so. absolutely. Yeah. You can go to nofallenheroes.com. If, if you know somebody, if you need help or, you know, of a vet uh, that needs help or first responder, go to contact us on the no fallen heroes site. Uh, and there's a sponsorship intake form. We're actually this year, we're going to roll out, uh, exactly, you know, cause there's a lot of civilians that uh, are looking for this treatment. I'm like, Hey, how about you sponsor a vet? If you're mm-hmm. going to go through treatment, why don't you bring a buddy? I'm going to hook you up with a squadron mate, and this person is going to be the best friend for the rest of your life. Because the guys I did the medicine with, JT and Marcus, would we check in all the time. I mean, you will be lifelong friends with yeah. these people. So mm-hmm. if you are a civilian, we can help you out too. We're just going to ask maybe you can pony up a little bit extra to help the ladder down to pull somebody along, a veteran or a first responder or a family member. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, obviously, no 
no fallen heroes. And yeah, if you're interested in finance, man, topgunoptions.com and I'll teach you how to trade. Trading's a form of combat to me, man. Somebody's going to win and somebody's going to get their ass kicked. Why wouldn't you use the the stuff that you and I just talked about, red teaming, debriefing? Mm. I, I just applied that to my trading and, and it worked uh, pretty damn well. So, but I appreciate you having me, bro. This has been awesome. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll do it again sometime. Uh, actually, I think you're on Drinking Bros in a couple of weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Looking remember. forward to that. Uh, yeah, we'll see yeah. you soon. Thanks for coming in, man. I really appreciate it. All right, brother. God bless, man. I'll see you in a couple weeks. You too. Thank you all for listening to this, Ben Citizen. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.